All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman holding, blue line, jam, stop! Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off podcast with your host, Brock Seguin. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 33 of the Daily Face-Off podcast. As you just heard, I'm your host, Brock Seguin. With me, as always, to my left, we've got Michael Beebs Bondi. How's it going, Beebs? It's going good. Showed up. Uh, brought my A-game, so yeah. ready to go. <laughs> Perfect. And in Brantford, we got Dylan D. Berthiam. How's it going, Dylan? How you doing, Brock? Good. Uh, we <laughs> actually did a pretty good job. Last week, we said we'll be back early next week. But then we also said maybe not, and here we are. We're ready to go earlier than we expected. Yeah, you always got to temper of, the expectations. Yeah, and most of it has to do with the fact that Wednesday is my birthday, so then like I've got mad birthday celebrations this week. So like Thursday might be tough for me to do a podcast. Oh, shit. 17, right? You're turning 8? 25, the oh big 2-5. Getting old, dude. It's going to be a fun weekend, though. We got a couple dinner plans Thursday, Friday. And then every year I do a nice big golf tournament for my birthday. So we got a we got a school bus this year, just so none of us drunk idiots decide to do anything stupid. So we got a school bus taking us for a nice long day of boozing and golf. Should yeah. be a blast. I feel bad for that driver already. Oh my Pretty god! Pretty bummed I got to miss the Brock Segan Invitational this year. Yeah, it's brutal, man. Fifth annual. It's gonna be a riot. We always have a good time. So should be fun. So yeah, we're here on a Monday. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever done a podcast on a Monday, no, but it feels weird. good. Feels good. Getting I don't like doing anything on a Monday, so that probably speaks to that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I guess before we get into fantasy hockey, there's a couple sad things to pass along, which I'm sure everybody heard about. Uh, first of all was the passing of 24-year-old Miami Marlins ace Jose Fernandez yesterday. It was wild because for those of you who don't know, um, me, Beebs, and D are actually all in the same Dynasty Keeper League, and I actually happen to be the owner of... Of the Miami Marlins. So I got a text from my buddy yesterday, and he's just like, oh, yo, did you hear about Jose Fernandez? I was like, no, like, what happened? Like, another Tommy John surgery? And he's like, no, man, way worse. I'm like, oh, no. And then, so I went on Twitter, and... Yeah, it's probably the biggest case of what could have been. 
um, that we're, we'll ever that we'll see for a long time. Is just he was so amazing at 24 and had so much potential. It's uh, it's really sad to see something like that happen with someone so uh, and. I don't know, he's just such a so such a good, good personality as well, yeah. too. That's oh, what yeah. they all say. And I mean, there's so much video evidence and, and just quotes that from him that just amaze me that I never knew really this guy was uh, such a big figure in the yeah. Miami community for sure. Yeah, and someone who tried to defect three times from Cuba finally made it on the third time. Um, so it's, it's tragic. It's very tragic. It's crazy to me because you, like he was supposed to start on Sunday and then it, like at the last minute got pushed back to Monday. You got to th- like. You almost have to think like, what if it didn't get pushed back? Yeah, he wouldn't be. He out might in that not boat. be out yeah. in a boat at night. Might be in bed sleeping, getting ready for a Sunday start. It's just crazy how things work. But yeah, huge case of you know nobody really knows how good he was going to end up being. It's so sad. But uh, I think I'm just going to keep him on my fantasy team, like as respect yeah. thing next year. Just <laughs> select him as one of my keepers and just be like, yo, you're on my team for life. And it's pretty crazy because he probably will win the Cy Young this year. And I mean. He Definitely. deserves it very Definitely much, good. so um, it's just kind of wild that you know situations like that happen. But at the same time, you know, makes you makes you appreciate life a bit more. Yeah, for sure. And then another big figure in the sports was like one up and coming superstar and one legend. Arnold Palmer also passed away yesterday. Uh, from what I hear, that's one of D's favorite drinks as well. <laughs> Yeah, pouring um, out Pal- tea for the homie today. That, the half and half? Yeah, so Arnold Palmer, obviously one of the greatest golfers of all time. Sad to see him go as well. Golf lost a legend and baseball lost um, an up-and-coming, if not already emerged, superstar and yeah. one of the best pitchers in baseball. Um, obviously not fantasy hockey-related, uh, but definitely something that needs to be talked definitely about. Definitely so, show our respects in that. Yep, regard. so we'll, uh, we'll move on now and get into fantasy hockey, the real reason why we're all here and Absolutely. uh before we even start though i just want to apologize to all of our listeners for last episode i don't know what was wrong with me i literally just could not speak i was having like the most difficult time trying yeah. to talk in your defense it's called the, like the third episode i've done yeah. next to you and uh i feel like you're just starstruck by yes my, yes by me every time i look to my left i'm like oh my i can't focus is this real is it oh. yeah. <laughs> beefs is over oh my god but anyways, just like we've done for the last two episodes, first we did the centers, then we did the left wings. This week, we're going to be talking about the right wing exclusively, um, like we said in the last show, my favorite wing for obvious reasons. Uh, so what we're going to do, like we did in the last few episodes, was give our respective top tens um, at the position, uh, one player outside of our respective top tens that we feel like we would really want, must have on draft day our breakout, our sleeper, our bust, and our best rookie at the right wing position. Uh, so like we have for the last few episodes, D, we'll go to you first, my brother. Who's your top three in your top ten? All right, well, we'll get number one out of the way nice and early. Uh, I don't think there's really any sound argument that can be made against Patrick Kane being the number one ranked right winger. That's a little hard to say going into the <laughs> season. Um, like, yeah, he's clearly the number one strong contender, if not, you know, the contender for first overall fantasy selection, let alone just at the position. Uh, he was incredible last year. Uh, among his career highs in every other category were his 287 shots, which actually has me believing he got the ability to repeat as a 40-goal scorer on top of his uh, what was already an elite playmaking ability. So, uh, yeah, not much more to be said there. I think we all have Kane Pencil in at the number one spot. Yeah, as we uh, should. <laughs> This one I feel might vary a bit from you guys. I got Pavelski at number two. I uh, also I, had Big Joe. Yeah, I, I've talked him up a lot, you know, over the uh, rightfully so. For, to me, it's just the consistency that gets him the nod here. Uh, one of the best possession players in the league. And uh, not only has he averaged 38 goals and 37 assists the last three seasons, he hasn't missed a game since the 2010-11 season, which is five years. So that's pretty, pretty nutty um, when you think about durability in today's NHL. Uh, first round fantasy picks really don't get much safer than that Uh, and then number three I got Vlad Tarasenko uh, proven over the last two seasons to be an elite goal scorer and has racked up a decent amount of assists in the process giving him a total of 73 and 74 points the last two seasons respectively 292 shots last year is super easy to fall in love with but uh I th- ultimately the reason I have him below Pavelski is uh, I again the consistency and just the durability and I, I've said this before but I'm super firm believer in playing it safe in the early rounds of the draft so that's why I got Pavelski over Tarasenko do you have anything to add Beeb as to why you have Pavelski over Tarasenko um 
Not really. Just one thing with Tarasenko that I did want to add. I mean, he's been phenomenal the last two years, as he mentioned, 74 and 70, or 73 and 74. Um, and now he has his his uh, his steady friend up with him, Jaden Schwartz, finally healthy to start the year. Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge factor in uh, in kind of helping his overall um, standing as far as uh, if when you are going to draft a right winger. If not, just remember though that he yeah he has that new weapon there. Not new, but old weapon. Yeah. But knew that he's going to be old face to returning. Start the year. Yeah. yeah. As Huge. far as Pavelski, he's straight consistency. Like D said, guy doesn't miss games. He scores goals on the power play. Scores goals normally. <laughs> he gets points. He's going to be playing with a familiar face in Joe Thornton more than likely, and the same faces he's done this success with the past couple of years. So I don't really see any reason why it's going yeah. To one change. of the best goal scorers playing with one of the best playmakers exactly. is certainly a recipe for success. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you mentioned this D, but yeah, Pavelski's. Over the last five, or hasn't missed a game in five years, like you said, yeah. and then his 116 goals over the last three seasons is second only to Ovechkin. It's pretty good. Which mm-hmm. is impressive. Um, I have Tarasenko ahead of uh, Pavelski just by a hair. I mean, I think I have overall, I think one's eighth overall, one's ninth overall. Sorry, let's see. Sorry, one's ninth, one's tenth overall. So it's, um, it could go either way. I just think that Tarasenko's ceiling is just a touch higher. Um, and then we've we've talked about this before. Whether or not you want to draft for you know a ceiling, high ceiling, or a stable floor, I think you're right when it comes to Pavelski's maybe the safer bet for um, for fantasy purposes. Uh, but realistically, I don't think you can go wrong either way if you pick yeah. Pavelski or Tarasenko. I mean, it's kind of just a preference pick, really. Um, and I think though this is kind of the one year that Pavelski hasn't been like underrated like it seems like he's always just been underappreciated but i think it's finally catching up to him it's like holy shit yeah like, i guess three years is, it's 70 plus points do yeah like oh my god yeah, he right, really yeah. is just unbelievable like i think even last year like everybody had him like you know he moved up for maybe a, a to a second round pick or a third round pick and this year it's like okay he's a consensus first round pick this guy's unbelievable it's yeah. first year he's not being undervalued uh but beebs we'll go to you now who do you have uh four five and six um so I actually decided to switch it up quite a bit, um, and strictly just because um, it felt right. So um, at number four, I have Blake Wheeler out in Winnipeg. I'm, I, I don't know why, I just love this guy. He's a <laughs> phenomenal player. And um, he actually had his best career year last year with 78 points. That ranked him sixth in the whole league in scoring. And he did that in what was really a lost season in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. It seemed kind of, it seemed almost like things were all just going in the drain and everything sucked out in Winnipeg except for Blake, Blake Wheeler. Wheeler yep. So now that I think they have it kind of back together, Brian Little's back. Um, it's Blake Wheeler's uh, good buddy on the line there. Mm-hmm. He missed 25 games last year, and I think he played probably about 40 healthy. So um, him being back is going to be huge. Shifley's there as well. Who um, Shifley stepped in as number one last year, but I didn't really think he was capable of being that one. Yeah, he, he asserted himself as a number one for sure, and then he still seemed to have a lot of doubters. I think it'll be Shifley who starts there uh, with Wheeler, but I mean, if, way, if it doesn't yeah. go the way it did last year, Little is just as capable. Yeah, and either way, he's the guy. He's the go-to guy out in Winnipeg, and I just really like him out there. Um, I think he's going to continue to work off what he's done. And uh, he's one of those consistent consistent players yet again. So I'd expect him to be right in the 70-point range. And if you're getting 70 points from a right-winger, that's a, that's a sexy number. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and at number five is uh, someone who kind of sparked some, uh, some media um, oh, buzz yeah. <laughs> this, last, this last week. But it's Phil Kessel. Last year we came in and we were so high on Phil Kessel. Mm-hmm. He was our who number wasn't? one everything, as he should have been. <laughs> and that's why I kind of moved him back up. Because there's Phil. no reason why we can't feel that same way about Phil this year. Obviously, he let down a little bit last year. But Phil's only 28 years old. People forget that. It seems like he's been around for a while. He's been in Toronto forever, you know. But 28 is not too old. It, it, it could, it's right in the prime-ish, higher prime years. But, I mean, yeah. there's no reason Still why not he old. can't produce. Yeah, and just, just to add to that, like you said, it was overall a disappointing season for Kessel last year. Um, but over the last three months of the season, he really seemed to find his comfort zone in the new system in Pittsburgh. He had 35 points in the final 40 games of the regular season, and went up to put went on to put up 22 points in 24 playoff games. Yeah, yeah. Really- and if you were to put that on an 82 game average, it's actually 75 points, which, mm-hmm. as I just mentioned, is uh, yeah. is quite um, quite nice from from your forward there. And that's against elite talent um, in the playoffs. So 75 against elite. Let's hope he can translate that to you know 80. I think 80 the one thing there. about Kessel last year was that everybody just expected him to play with Crosby and it just to be magic, and it just didn't work. Yeah, and so he found he a found a nice spot with Benino and Haglin, and even if he starts there again this year, maybe he moves up with Crosby or he moves with Malkin. I mean, there's no bad place for him to really play. He's still going to produce at a high level. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think it's 
past the point where we expected last year, like, oh my God, he's playing with Crosby. He's going to be a 50 goal scorer. Like everybody thought last year. Okay, I don't think that's realistic, but he's still going to be unreal. Yeah, this is someone who's put up 20 goals every season in the last eight <laughs> seasons. So that's, uh, that, that's, that's consistency. And, yeah, uh, yep. and that's what he really brings. And a lot of those seasons were in the 30s. Yeah, um, a lot of 30 goal scores. Yeah, so he's, uh, I really like him there. I think he's a safe bet just because of who surrounds him. Again, as you mentioned, Malkin mm-hmm. or Crosby, that's a great fit. And then in my number six, I have Corey Perry. And I have Corey Perry because he's Corey Perry. Um, he's playing with <laughs> Getzlav again. I mean, they started off slow last year. We, we documented that well. We always stuck to Anaheim, so why not yeah. continue to stick to Anaheim? <laughs> Perry's a, he's one of those guys who he does it all. He'll get you the goals, the assists, the penalty minutes, um, what you need, the plus minus, everything. So, he does uh, it all. And he's sure. a steady goal scorer as well. Um, 30 goal, 31 goals last year. No reason he can't repeat that. I like Corey Perry a lot. He's my six hole. Dee, does your uh, three to six differ at all? Uh, sorry, four to six? Slightly. I've got Kessel at four uh, for a lot of the same reasons, obviously. And then I have Perry at five. Um, I, to like to me, like Perry, I think a lot of people forget that he didn't score in October at all last year, and still managed yeah, to put up which is crazy. So yeah, yeah. Um, like honestly, he's been one of the best right wingers in fantasy over the last what seven, eight seasons. Yeah, and um, you, you know he is as streaky as the goal scorer as they come, but the best ones usually are, and uh, elite potential any given year. And yeah. definitely one of the more reliable goal producers in the league. So that's why I give Perry the nod at five. And I actually have Kucherov at six, um, just above Blake Wheeler. And I think there's potential for Kucherov to move up this list, but I didn't see as much. Uh, well, there was really no improvement in production last year compared to the year before. I think he had one more point. Uh, still like a fine number, 64 points I think is what it was. Um, yeah, 30 goals, 36 assists last year. And he's presumably still getting better. He's an elite talent on the right side of 24. He looked awesome in the World Cup. Uh, but for me, he really just needs to put more shots on goal or show, mm-hmm. you know, some sort of... Which is crazy to say from, like, a 30-goal scorer. Yeah. Like when you, yeah, like you score 30 shoot. goals and you could still have room to put on more shots, it's... Mm-hmm. He shot at a, at a very solid percent uh, throughout his, you know, short three-year career, but he just hasn't... Uh, Hasn't put the puck on net as much as you might like. But, you know, Stamkos takes a lot of shots, too. So yeah, I was going to say, a lot of that has to do with Stamkos, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, and then I got Wheeler at 7. Um, the only reason I have him this low is because I don't know if he's topping what he did last year. I think he'll be hard-pressed to replicate 52 assists. Yeah, um, I'm in the same boat. But, but you know, I, I'm still of the belief that he's capable of topping 30 goals, which we haven't seen from him yet in his career. So there, I think there's some... A little bit of sway either way with Blake Wheeler. So I think he's very solid at the number seven spot. I don't know about you guys, but I think that like top seven is a bit of its own like tier on its own. I think you can kind of yeah, fill yeah. out the eight, nine, ten is kind of a bit of uh, three wild card slots. But I think those guys. I think because there's think no one else who really I feel like talking about. Sorry, yeah. we both just went off again. But I just feel like no, all four ahead. of those guys, you you could you can make a case for them to be number four. Like there's mm-hmm. no real like it was kind of just like Tarasenko yeah. and Pavelski. There's no wrong choice at four. Yeah. They're all th- like all four of them are the same guys almost. That just the Absolutely. consistency, but right. Um, I, I have Blake Wheeler at four. Um, I think I I'm in the I tend to agree in terms of him probably not topping last year's numbers, but even if he falls just short, it's still going to be an extremely productive season. Um, yeah. And then, it, but it's hard to say that he might not top those numbers because he did that on what Beebs alluded to, kind of a lost season in Winnipeg. I think they're going to be a much better team this year. Maybe not much better, but a better team this year. You know, they, they have some solid young additions. Yeah, like for, for from a fantasy perspective, they should be a better offensive team, which should help Wheeler at least recreate that year. He has upside to grow. I think you're right in terms of maybe being a 30-goal scorer as well. Um, at five, I have Kucherov. Uh, anybody that outscores Stamkos obviously deserves a lot of credit. Absolutely. Um, I have him. Like, it's just crazy to me because we saw Tyler Johnson and Palat kind of fall off last year, and Kucherov just stayed steady. Uh, he... I think like nobody really knows. We mentioned this a bunch last week about like you know Forsberg and and Goudreau. I think we're just scratching the surface, and that's how I feel about Kucherov. I think he's tremendously, tremendously talented, and he's only going to continue to move up that lineup and you know play key minutes. I have Kessel at six. Um, I pretty much already said everything I need to say about Kessel, and then I have Perry coming in at seven. Now Perry, the only reason like here's some crazy ass numbers for you. Um, he's tied for third in the NHL with 110 goals over the last three seasons. So obviously a tremendous goal scorer. Um, as Biebs mentioned, he does it all. But then here's an even crazier stat. Perry has averaged a 30-goal, 30-assist 30 season over the course of his career. 
Like that's just insane. That's amazing. That's just insane. All while sitting in the box a hundred minutes every year. But the only like the only box of the bench, right? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that's true. Yeah, the only downside for Perry is now he's thirty-one, as I mentioned. So he's on the wrong side of thirty. And I just think that this is the year we finally see the Ducks take a step back. Yeah, they're not as good of a team as they have been in the past. And I just think that you know when you look at you know maybe the Lightning and the Penguins, that's just the thing, something that gives. Um, Kessel and Kucherov an edge over Perry for me, despite how consistent, how unreal he has been throughout his career. Um, and then I'll continue with my eight through ten, and then you guys can chime in with yours. Um, here is probably my most outrageous pick, and probably the one I've heard the most about uh, from my draft kit is Alexander <laughs> Radulov comes in at number eight. Uh, based on his numbers alone in the KHL, you have to expect this kid to come, not kid, this guy to come back to the NHL and succeed. Um, he he's just I don't know he's such a mercurial so character scary. I just like he's terrifying like Absolutely. honestly like, I haven't ranked this high because I I just feel like I had to but I would never draft him there I just wouldn't I just he's too scary I don't think I would draft him ever anyway yeah. he's just number, terrifying is this, this number, number eight, eight for you yeah I, I yeah. parry at seven right like, at if, eight like you'll hear some of the other names we're gonna throw for these spots and it's actually mm-hmm. not that crazy having Radulov here. It's not insane. It's just, it's just he's he's so terrifying. Yeah. It's yeah. something in a year we could be talking about and say, "Wow, Brock, you were completely wrong." Or, "Damn, we maybe should have moved." Yeah, like I got I got chirped like crazy for having McDavid super high last year, and it ended up being pretty intelligent. But like just the numbers alone in the KHL, Radulov had 238 points in 181 KHL games um, since he left for for yeah. the KHL. Yeah. That's no so now he's back. He's playing on a pretty good team. He's going to see a lot of minutes. Probably on a line with Pacioretty, maybe Galchenyuk. I mean, he has a lot of potential. He's got tons of offensive ability. It's just, will he be Radulov or will he just be, a, you know, just a guy that's here to play hockey? Yeah. We'll have to see. Number nine is probably one of my favorite players. And if it actually came down to me picking Radulov or Wayne Simmons, I would probably take Wayne Simmons because I just love the consistency. And I just, I seem to have Wayne Simmons on my team every single year. Um, he fell just short of 30 goals in 2012. 2014 and 2015 obviously didn't come close to that during the lockout year uh but he finally broke 30 goals with 32 goals last year probably one of the best net front presences in the nhl uh one of the best power play producers in the nhl so tons of reasons to like this guy and if heart was a category he'd be number one yeah but the one thing that i love about simmons is his 42 power play goals over the last three seasons is third in the nhl behind only ovechkin and joe pavelski so pretty elite um, company there. And the number 10, I have Jakub Voracek. Uh, he exploded for 81 points in 14-15. A little regression, which we all called last year, was expected in 15-16. In uh, but he still managed to put up 44 assists and 55 points. The goal production was a little disappointing, obviously. Uh, yeah. But he plays on a very talented top six. Plays a lot of minutes with uh, Giroux and Simmons. And if he doesn't play there, the second line is equally as capable. Uh, I think he's just been a consistent really consistent playmaker over the year. Um, he'll even challenge the likes of Claude Giroux for the team lead and assists out there. So, I mean, he won't score a lot of goals, which has him dropping um, on the list here, but still a top 10 right winger in my eyes. Uh, D, who is your 7, 8, 9, and 10? Or uh, 8, 9, nine 10. 10 anyway, I, real quick, just to interject on Vorjek, the one thing I, I want to say about his year last year is he shot a terrible 5.2%, which is yep. like literally half of his career average. Um, so, you know, those who can do quick math will tell you that, uh, shooting at his career average last year would have had his total at a much more respectable 22 goals and 66 points. So I, I like, I, I don't think, uh, having him targeted at 65 points is that far off. He, he's my number no. nine. I have, I have, I have him projected for 19 goals. I haven't projected for 19 yeah. goals which, and 49 which is assists fair. this yeah. year. So, which I think is super 68 fair. points. Um, yeah. yeah. People, I think are just kind of forgetting that he's only two years removed from an 81 point campaign. Mm-hmm. But, um, Again, yeah, so I got Simmons at eight, uh, all the same reasons as you. I just love the consistency, and 30 goals is beyond rare at the right wing position in today's NHL. Um, Voracek at nine, like I said. And then number 10, I have Brandon Saad. I had him ranked at number eight on my left wings. I wanted to try to keep the two lists unique, um, but with his dual eligibility, I just couldn't justify putting someone else uh, on the list instead of him. Uh, So just to kind of reiterate what I said last, uh, last, uh, last episode, didn't disappoint his first year in Columbus. Uh, popped 31 goals despite all that, you know, the, the kind of chaotic year that they had with the Johansson trade and everything. Um, 
not a lot of offense in Columbus, but it should all be going through Saad. So, again, I like Saad as the number 10. And um, I have him here, too, because after putting on my left wing list, I was thinking about it uh, just with how shallow right wing is in comparison. And I would imagine most people who pick him up are going to opt to slot him in at right wing. So, uh, to me, it just made sense to put him on the list. Yeah, definitely a nice pick just so he can – because he has that dual wing eligibility. Uh, Beebs, before I throw it to you, one more stat I would just like to drop about Voracek that I just read was that uh, he ranks tied for 10th in the NHL in assists over the last four years, which is 166 assists over that span, Damn. which is pretty insane. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Beebs, who is your 8, 9, 10? All right. So, um, at 7, actually, I didn't mention I have Kucherov. I'm okay. not going to touch on him anymore. Um, he's uh, he's Kucherov. He's, he's a great young <laughs> talent. Um, he's only getting better on a, on a super exciting team out in Tampa. At number eight, this is where I kind of start to switch things up, and I kind of had to strictly because I still can't calm myself down from what happened at the World Cup of Hockey, <laughs> and that is Nathan McKinnon. Um, if there was one person who really brought their draft stock up in fantasy hockey through the World Cup, I think McKinnon is that guy. He looked absolutely dominant. looked like the guy that Colorado thought he would be when they drafted him first overall a couple of years ago. He's a supreme talent. I think this is his breakout year. Truly is. Um, I just uh, want to mention, <laughs> I just looked over at your computer. The only thing you have written down about Nathan McKinnon is, did you see this guy at the World Cup of Hockey? Come on. <laughs> That's it. That's all you had to write. Yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely loved every second of watching him play. And I think uh, I think under a new coach, I think it's time for him yeah. to, uh, I, I, for, to, to have a system that really works and one that worked like it did a junior when he was out there. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Patrick Maybe a Wall- system that can produce a fair amount of shots for your team. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Shots. Shots are, shots are pretty key for offense. Well, And I have a lot to say about uh, McKinnon later in the show for yeah, sure. Especially for McKinnon, too. He's one of those guys who he's, he's high volume of shots, which, again, um, wasn't happening the last couple of years the way it should have. <laughs> it's the worst possession team yeah, in the absolutely, history. Absolutely, and I hate it. But number nine, I got Wayne Simmons. Again, I, I, I think Wayne Simmons is a phenomenal player. Um, he brings it all every night. You know he's going to give you, hopefully, 80 games unless I think his leg falls off. Because that's one of those guys who will play through injuries yeah, no matter extremely what. terrible. Loves the game. And then at number 10, I got Jakob uh, Borocek. And um, the reason I just have him back there is strictly because of the goal scoring. I know we said it was down last year. Yeah, he averaged somewhere between 22 and 23 the previous three years. So you got to assume he's going to come back up there, like you said. At, at least in the high teens. Yeah. yeah, I just uh, I, I don't like picking a guy who's, you know, I, I like having someone who's going to contribute both goals and assists with that high first-round pick. But again, Voracek, not a bad call. He's got a good team around him. And, and I also don't think he's going to crack that first line. As you mentioned, still a good top six. So he's definitely in the top 10 category. But, um, but yeah, that's the one out. thing is um, he emerges to – Braden Shen hurts him really a little bit, him, yeah. but uh, you know he's still like yeah, like we but mentioned you're times. of the thought that Braden Shen kind of sucks, like I am. Yeah, <laughs> I know that's why you love Borchek. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, dog. Played into it. But uh, so let's get into our top. Or sorry, we'll look outside of our top tens and talk about the guy outside of those top tens that we must have on draft day. D, let's go to you. Uh, I'm going with Jordan Eberle. Uh, nice, me too, super man. Super solid, really? Yeah, I actually. Oh no, I did see that. Yeah, yeah I saw your notes there. I after That's I right. had already picked. I'm just gonna say, but I'm sure I, we I got think the it's same. kind of a, sure we got the same numbers. Yeah, it's an obvious one. Just super, uh, super intriguing uh, draft piece, I would say. Um, you know, he's a solid talent who's had a bit of a low on ice shooting percentage, which is basically like yeah, it's your shooting, your whole team's shooting percentage when you're on the ice, right? So it kind of drove down his assist total last year. Um, more than anything, I'm excited to just see what he can do on an extended run, playing on the wing with the god Connor McDavid. Um, Eberle registered actually 16 of his 30 even strength points last year playing with McDavid, despite playing just 37% of his even strength ice time with Connor. Uh, those numbers via Pucalytics, uh, yeah, obtained via Pucalytics.com, <laughs> and th- that's just to give you an idea of the impact Connor had on his production. And with that kid only getting better and hopefully playing a full season this year, I think it bodes uh, super well for Eberle. So I think he's a nice target on draft day. Yeah, so I have a couple things. I was actually going to mention uh, Nathan McKinnon here, but I have him as my breakout right winger. Yep. So I didn't want to talk about him twice. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Everly was probably a pretty obvious choice as well. Uh, but it's worth noting. So right now he's falling outside of the top 10 right wingers, but it's worth looking at that he is, over the last three years, Everly is ninth among right wingers sorry, in goals. 10th in assists and points. So he's in the top 10 in all categories at the position. 
Um, and like you said, yeah, he's playing with playing McDavid, with which is huge. And last year we saw him play his best hockey while playing with Connor McDavid, although, you, like you alluded to, only 37% of his even strength minutes were alongside McDavid. Um, we saw while Eberle was away from McDavid, he had just, like, him and his line mates had just 36.4% of the goals for while on the ice. But when he played with McDavid, that number ballooned up to 53.5, which just goes to show the the effect the McDavid had effect. playing yeah. with yeah playing with Everly. And we also saw Everly's shooting percentage rise from 5.2 away from McDavid to 10.5 with McDavid. So obviously McDavid's putting the puck in the right spots and helping him out a little bit. You obviously that's a lot of numbers we've thrown at people, but it, every single number speaks to just how godly Connor McDavid is and a full year playing next to Eberly is going to be huge because yeah. Eberly's obviously produced extremely good numbers at the position without McDavid with him it's only going to get better mm-hmm. who's the guy outside your top 10 beebs that you want on draft day all right so since I have uh alluded to uh someone who we loved last year who you know didn't quite show up and Phil Kessel I think I have to do the same for this one and that's uh TJ Oshie <laughs> out in Washington I've always been kind of hot on Oshie since the trade, um, and strictly because of who he plays around. He's expected to line up next to Kuznetsov and Ovechkin again. Let me just say that, Kuznetsov and Ovechkin. No biggie. So anyone who's playing next to those two guys is pretty much guaranteed to get at least 50 points. Uh, 50 plus, and he's one of those guys where I think a lot of people are going to forget about him again, strictly because Ovechkin and Kuznetsov are there. <laughs> um, but he's the he's the best right winger out in Washington, and they're kind of weak on that side, so I expect him to hold the position. He put up career uh, high in goals last year with 26 I could see him even hitting that 30 ceiling this year. It's uh, it's totally capable. He also plays in their first line power play, and that doesn't look like it's going to move. And that's the same set power play they had last year, which was absolutely dominant. And this team uh, this is a, yet again a dominant offensive Capitals team. So I don't expect him to uh, to, to let us down just strictly because of who he <laughs> plays around. It's it's worth noting too that like we did see his points drop off, but. It was only due to his assist total, yeah. So, which you'd expect the sky because he, he posted a career high twenty six goals. So mm-hmm. it wasn't a, a totally disappointing year goal wise. It was actually the best year of his career. We saw his assist drop. They should definitely climb back into the mid thirties. Um, and then this this stat I wrote in the draft kit kind of blew my mind because entering last year, everybody wanted Oshie because they thought it was going to be Ovechkin, Backstrom, Oshie, and they didn't play together a whole lot. But when the trio did play together, they scored an ultra impressive yeah. sixty. 5.9% of the goals while on the ice together, which is just crazy. And then even if you take Backstrom out of the equation and put Kuznetsov in, it's even, it might be even more impressive. Um, so that trio is great. Gotta love Oshi heading into this year. Um, but let's take a break. We're head, heading towards the 30-minute mark here. So we'll take a break. And then after you listen to some quality Bluestones tracks, as usual, we'll get back with our breakouts, sleepers, busts, and rookies at the right wing position. So hang on tight. Enjoy rolling with the punches. We'll see you back here in a minute. Ladies and gents, to episode 33 of the Daily Faceoff podcast. I am your co-host, Dylan Berthiem. Hope you enjoy those sweet riffs from the Blue Stones. Uh, right now, we're going to get right back into it, talk about our top breakout candidates at the right wing position for the 2016-17 NHL position. Uh, let's hear what you finally have to say about one Nathan McKinnon, Brock. Go ahead, bud. Oh, yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, Nathan McKinnon, I wanted him to be my outside the top 10 guy and my breakout, but that just seemed unnecessary. So Jordan Everly is a decent alternative. Uh, but McKinnon, there's not much to say about McKinnon that hasn't been said a thousand times by us and other people. He's obviously tremendously fast and talented offensively. Um, he had a breakout rookie year and everybody just expected him to keep going up and up after that. Uh, so the last two years have been kind of deemed disappointing despite scoring at a 21 goal 33 assist per 82 game pace he's obviously had some injuries despite over that time for um, 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then this year he he enters like that's kind of his floor, right? Like twenty goals, thirty assists. Like almost seems to be like his floor yeah. entering the season, which sure. is an extremely high floor. Um, the one thing about McKinnon is some in some drafts I think he's going to drop and he's going to be a steal, and in other drafts people are going to reach for him so early. So you just got to find that the right time to take McKinnon. Um, you know, don't reach on him too hard, but you obviously can't let a guy with this much talent drop either. So. Uh, just real quickly, I want to just... I'm sorry, I don't have it ready right in front of me. As of right now, I have McKinnon projected for 25 goals, 37 assists, 62 points. Um, and even that, I think, like, as a breakout candidate, even that, I think, is low. If he truly has a breakout year, he's going to top 70 points, my Especially estimation. 30 goals, uh, but which is be, probably long overdue yeah. for him. Yeah. yeah, he's just so talented. And it, honestly... I've been, I've been high on the the Avalanche all off season, so um, and I it, it just a more modern system is going to just help those really gifted forwards break out, like all of them. Yeah. Like we talked about Landis Cog. I know D, you're not a huge fan, but more more so even Duchesne and McKinnon. Like I just expect yeah. so much more out of what uh, we've well. I will seen say and, I have higher hopes for anyone on the Avalanche uh, now than any time during Patrick Waugh's tenure. So. Yeah. yeah, and these are all guys that have been there for so long that people kind of forget that they're still young and improving, um, and they're they're only getting better. So let's yeah. hope uh, let's hope that can translate well with McKinnon. As a massive Red Wing fan, nothing makes me happier than that Patrick Wall was just a shit coach. <laughs> hey, he won awesome. uh, he won the Coach of the Year award, the Jack Adams. Yeah, and then just ago. after that, it's that's all he needed. People <laughs> won't get that. Bye, Felicia. He- and he got he got a couple quotable interviews, so yeah, he's a oh. push. I don't even want to in his first year. I yeah, mean, he's what? just I oh guys didn't brutal. He should not have won the jacket. We should have dealt him as a guest. No, he yeah. shouldn't have. He's they're like oh it's Patrick Wall. Give him the give him the trophy. <laughs> Can we just talk about how Wayne Gretzky was also a coach at one point? That was yeah, he was also terrible. That. So was Michael Jordan yeah. in the NBA, and he sucked too. So. Yeah, no, he did. Yeah, he just like just get out of here. Yeah, uh, he was with Charlotte for a while. I don't think he coached. Him. He's an owner. Yeah, back when they, back when they were the Cats. Nope, he uh, he didn't coach. Yeah, no, he didn't he coach. Was... He's an owner. He own, he we'll still owns it. Charlotte. Yeah. We'll work on it. He does still own Charlotte. That's true. I'm pretty sure he coached for. <laughs> Why are we talking about Michael Jordan? I don't think he coached. Dude. Michael Jordan. The, <laughs> the only time I really were out of our element is just when I see the cry. <laughs> is when we see her. Yeah. Well, you guys didn't even know when Paul Maurice coached last. You week. didn't know either, dude. You had to look it up. Don't throw that. I out. I was right. But I said, "Doesn't he?" And then you guys jumped on my throat saying he did, and then <laughs> I just had to prove myself right. You kidding me? But Beebs, stop looking up Michael Jordan on. He didn't Google. coach. Who is yeah, your breakout you right winger? No, he didn't. Yeah, no, you're right. He didn't. Get out of here. I was thinking Isaiah Thomas. Same shit. <laughs> what? By the way, my break. <laughs> <laughs> How was, was that the cover up? And Michael Jordan, this <laughs> both legends. They literally hate By each the way, other. My uh, all right, all right. Well, my sleeper, right winger. Actually, we're not Break, even we're on. Sleepers. We're on breakout. We're Get on break your end the game, bro. I'm, you guys threw me off with the two three. Um, speaking of 2-3, though, this we're guy's 23. So there you go. So, yeah. That's how we What relate. a transition. <laughs> um, my breakout right winger is someone who I think people forget exists because he doesn't even have an ADP. No. Which is ridiculous because there's some absolutely crazy names going, but it's Ryan Strom. He's currently ranked 31th, 31st, 31st right now, 31th. He's currently 31th on Brock's draft list. Oh my god, that's the word, right? <laughs> okay, anyways, uh, what I just heard. Currently ranked 31st on drops. Oh wow, we're just struggling. Anyways, Strom a couple years ago, uh, two years ago, had a 50-point year, and people kind of expected him to break out last year and uh, and build on that 30-point year. And then he just came out and dropped a huge poo on his season. Yeah. Put up eight goals, 20 assists, got himself demoted to the minors. It just wasn't good. <laughs> That's where you were headed if you say 31th again. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm just going to, yeah. And Brock just got me to start writing articles, so now he's just gonna pull that. He's gonna pull that card from me. Oh my god! Thinks thirty one is a thing. But anyways, well, uh, there's an AHL of podcasting. I'd be sending you for a conditioning stint. Going right there, I would kill it absolutely. But um, Strom, uh, Strom's gonna step in in the top six that lost Kyle Ocaposo, as mm-hmm. we know, and uh, I could see him kind of being Ocaposo part two in a way. Just more, uh, he's gonna get more time. He's a guy who put up 129 points in a year in the in junior. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that was a fluke because he did 111 year after that. So he's definitely 
uh, naturally gifted goal scorer, scored 68 goals in a year in junior. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Obviously, it doesn't always translate. No, like, even just if you look at the year that his breakout year, like, it's 50 points. Like, that was, like, expected to be kind of like his floor rate after yeah. that. Like, okay, because like, everybody thought he was going to be good, and then he was, and then all of a sudden, like you said... He just took shit last year. Yeah, he's so. way too talented to to, no. to repeat eight goals and twenty assists, especially if he's in that. And the top Islanders six. know what they have in him. Like they're not going to just use him in the bottom six all year. Like he's going to get his top six chances, and he's going to get. Well, back just look at the fifty. If, I mean, if he can, you know, work his way up to ever playing alongside Tavares, like you just look at what Tavares does for guys like Andres Lee. Um, and right now he should degree, because but... P.A. Parento is the only one that's standing in between him and Tavares. Mm-hmm. P.A. Parento, as we know, is not as talented as hey. Rome, I believe. I don't know. He's a quality Sorry, hockey player. He is a quality <laughs> hockey player, but he's not a first liner to be there with Tavares. So I can see, obviously they've had success in the past, but I could see Strom kind of jumping him, taking over. And mostly why I have Strom here at breakout is because, as I mentioned, he's not being drafted. So yeah. if you're in your later rounds and you're – you're going for a guy who's in the top, who's in the, on a third line maybe, or someone who's not really you know gonna bring it. Um, you gotta you gotta expect Strom. Uh, Strom could be a little bit safer of a pick there uh, in the late round. So just keep an eye on that guy. I mean, he, as mentioned, he did put up 50 points the year before, yeah, um, year before last. So he could totally repeat that, and he's just kind of in the position to, to, to do so. So I really do like Ryan Strom as my breakout player this year. Yep, definitely cannot disagree with the 31th ranked right winger. Nope. Uh, uh, D, <laughs> help redeem the podcast here a little bit. Who do you guys, your breakout right winger for 2016-17? Uh, a lot of people are high on him this year, and for what I think is good reason, I'm going to go with Tyler Toffoli. Um, just a gross Corsi rating of 59% last season. Good for second across the entire NHL. Helped him tally 31 goals and 28 assists. And with the departure of Lucic, uh, I think there's room for more. You know, you got the gradual decline of the likes of Kopitar, Gabrick, and the rest of that core. So I, I think the opportunity and ice time are definitely there for him to build on what he did last year, considering he only put up 11 power play points. Um, so if he was to get some more power play time, I could easily see him threatening 65, 70 points. So I got to fully here. Uh, I think he's a nice target in, uh, like, the mid to late rounds. Yeah. Like you said, his court, like his possession numbers are outstanding. The only thing that Gross. is alarming is was his shooting percentage was real high last year. Which it was, but uh, it, it wasn't real high. Like it was slightly above his career four, average. Yeah. yeah, he's always had kind. Of, he's always carried kind of a high shooting percentage, but yeah, and like four, um, he was pushing fifteen, which is slightly alarming. But I mean, yeah, with a guy who's as good of a possession player as he is, if he sees like extended minutes. It, I exactly. Think that's kind of that's, that's my thought, and, and more power play yeah. time than anything is if yeah. uh, that can kind of counteract any regression that you might see in the in that uh, that area. So that's why I still like to fully, but definitely a, right. a warranted concern. I'll give that. Yeah, you're uh, you've always been high into fully, so I'm not surprised there at all. Uh, but Beeps, yeah. who do you guys your top sleeper? I have someone who apparently I'm always high on. Brock <laughs> tells me, but um, it's Yuri Hitler, so who's currently nice. ranked thirtieth. Um, yeah, that's right. Um, I was trying to think of how I could say that funny, but I really couldn't. So, <laughs> no. yeah, he's 30th um, on Brock's <laughs> rankings right now. And Yuri Hedler is one of those guys who, again, people are forgetting about. Um, he had an off year last year. And uh, in Dallas right now, there are a lot of injuries. Yeah, we did call that. Yeah, quite a lot of, quite a lot of injuries in Dallas right now, though. Um, and that only – and he's one of the healthy ones actually mm-hmm. left there. And he is he's – ta- he's a great player. He's proved it year in and year out. Um He's a he's in their well maybe not great but he's in their top six um, and that's an absolutely disgusting top one of the best six yeah Van, one of the best top Patrick sixes Sir. in the league if not the best easily. in my opinion um, actually yeah Dallas's um, goals for average last year was above three and then the first team to do that in two years and I don't see them really changing that and uh, anything moving out of that especially with the with the late bring in of Hoodler who they kind of seem to just steal off the free agent yeah no he's Hoodler's just rock salt Hoodler's yeah. just rock salt how's it yeah. what's his uh, What's his position eligibility situation this year? Oh, I hope it's all super three deep. Again. I'll look right now. It won't be. It won't be to start the year. Yeah. I got it on here somewhere. I just don't know yeah. where he at. This is a guy though who two years ago had a seventy-six point campaign in Calgary, mm-hmm. and uh, that was with a, a couple of wingers who were kind of just developing in Sean Monahan and Johnny Goudreau. Well, now he actually has the developed players around him. 
as of right now, he's lining up next to Spezza and whoever decides to take Nushushkin's spot yeah. up there. Hemsky if he's healthy, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. So um, my thing He's about got Hoodler, center and right wing right now, for the record. Yeah, yeah that's not bad. So my thing about, uh, about Hoodler is kind of the same thing about Strom. If you're at the end of a draft, you're looking for someone who can get you points, he's going to be a guy who I, I think it's it's really hard to see him putting up anything less than what he than did last 50. year. Or yeah. even last year, yeah. So 50 points from a guy you're going to get at the end of the draft is a pretty yeah, nice literally probably the last little round. pickup. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely keep an eye on him. He's, he's one of those guys who could have a big year just because of the people around him again. And you, and you, you can't deny... You can't deny talent around a player. It just it, it turns into it turns into success. The one thing is, like we saw that thirty one that that thirty one goals was just ridiculous. Yeah. He's not a he might not even be a twenty goal scorer in Dallas, but he's gonna put up points. He has uh, definitely fifty point potential heading into this year. Um, my sleeper right wing is uh, Riley Smith, whose average draft position right now on Yahoo is one hundred and sixty eight, uh, but I have him ranked at one hundred twenty six. Uh, he set a new career high with 25 goals last year. Also had a really impressive uh, playoff run with the Panthers. Uh, the one thing, too, about Riley Smith that's huge in fantasy hockey, he's only missed um, one game over the last three years. He's a very capable scorer, capable of putting up you know, goals in the mid-20s like he did last year, and on a very talented Panthers team. Yep. Uh, assists in the 30s is definitely doable as well. So Riley Smith, way late in drafts right now, 168th overall. Yeah, so. that doesn't matter. He's way better than his brother. Um but, uh, yeah, real late in drafts, 168th right now. Definitely a guy I'm targeting. Uh, D, how about you? Uh, I'm looking at Nino Niederreiter. Definitely kind of a similar situation. Uh, he tallied 20 goals last year, playing only 15 minutes a game um, with virtually no power play time. He had just five power play points on the season. He helped produce Charlie Coyle, who everyone seems to love in Minnesota, despite playing two less minutes a night. And, um, honestly, if the Wild can just wake up to the talent that they have, I- I've always been high on Niederreiter. Um, I think he's got a lot more potential than what we've seen, and I, you know, I think his his per sixty point rates kind of show that. Um, if he can just get any type of up, uptick and opportunity, whether you know be playing with uh, one of the first two lines at even strength or just getting some more power play time, he could easily break twenty five goals, threaten thirty, and um, you know he's got an ADP of just one sixty two right now in Yahoo, going undrafted in plenty of leagues. So definitely a guy I think that's worth a flyer at the end of the draft, like these other guys that we're talking about right now. I've always been high on Eno as well. Um, yeah, but everything you touched on, yeah, he just needs time. That's all it is. He's playing time. There's a reason yeah. he was drafted where he was in the draft. I mean, it's crazy that the Islanders gave up on his talent so early. I Didn't think, someone else uh, do? Hasn't he been tra- traded twice? No, nope, just no. the Islanders. Okay, my bad. Thank yeah. someone else. But you, but remember how we were talking about last episode, 23, 24. Those are the prime years in your career. He's 23. Heading towards yeah, he, that. He just prime years. time, man. He's a good yeah, player. That's all it is, yeah. His, I was just going to mention, I figured you would mention it as well, but his numbers per 60 are just, they're very strong, and he just yeah. needs the time. Yeah, also, sure. he's never really played with a true center out there, and they brought in Eric Stahl. That pushes Miku Koivu back and very easily could line up next to him. Yep. Miku Koivu is a good great point. option for, uh, for assists. And if he's feeding Nino... We could have some cam. Yeah, Nino is just such a good power forward. Like he's just just needs a time. Yeah, I don't he, know how many times I can say. I think I said like th- yeah. But uh, who's your bust, Beebs, heading into the 2016 season? Okay, so I hate doing this. Um, sure. I actually wrote about this guy earlier this week and mentioned how he could easily, you know, be he's in a great position for success. Blah 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 blah. But I choose Yarmer Jagger, and there's so many people who are going to be against me on this one. But it's just. I know we say it every year. He has to slow down, but he, he has to slow down. He's 44. Um, yes, that's 44. That's as in, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, he had 66 points last year, which ranked him 21st in league scoring. And mostly the reason why I put him here is because I just don't see him doing 66 again. Even if he gave you 50, I think people are going to draft him in the, in the expected 60 It was weird because last year he was, like, a huge sleeper. Nobody's like, oh, everyone's like, ah, Sam Yari's... 100 years old. The last year had a huge year, and everyone's like, wait a second, yeah. he can still play. He's going to bite some people, I think, this year. One thing people do is they love the name mm-hmm. for fantasy hockey, so I think there's going to be people who will panic, grab Yarmor Yager, whatever. And I also, I, I mean, it's a crazy thing to guess, but I could just see an injury <laughs> happening this year. It's just happens just to be top line minutes. I mean, either way. Um, he had, but um, he's a he's guy who an only a couple of years ago first. had 47 points two years ago. So I could see him going back more to the 47, 50, or 45, 50 range in points. 
Again, Yogs, I love you. I love what you do. Prove me wrong, please. But I just, I, I have him going a lot higher than he no, probably should. I agree. As the young, talented forwards that uh, Florida has uh, slowly and steadily improve, they're they're gonna take away more and more ice time from Yager, be it on the first line or on the power play. So I think it's inevitably gonna happen. It's just in their best interest moving forward. But uh, yeah, hopefully, like you said, maybe that doesn't happen and he proves us all wrong because he is a joy <laughs> to watch. Yeah, sure. you gotta love it, but at the same time, so close to becoming second on the all-time scoring I list. I know too. he's right there. Yeah. What is he? Nineteen, 19 points, points away, away from Messi. He's yeah. doing the Gordy Howe route to do it, but I, I still yeah. respect it. Yeah, I it's like crazy. It. <laughs> uh, it's crazy that like at the start of the show, I said I was turning twenty-five on Wednesday, and then you guys called me old, and we just talked about a guy who's gonna be forty-four and you are still old. kicking in the NHL. He's ancient. Yeah, I am. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but <laughs> who's your? Uh, actually, I'm gonna go with my bus first. Uh, sure. You do you, man. So, I have James Neal. Yep. And it's not me knocking James Neal as a player right now, but his ADP on Yahoo right now is 37.9. Ridiculous. But I have him ranked at 118, so I mean... That's so high. Whoever's drafting that... Can I mention that, Blake Wheeler's 39th? Yeah. So, that means that James Neal's above Blake Wheeler. Yeah. I mean, I think we're still early on the ADPs right now, but still. No, uh, they're still James, telling, for sure. Yeah. Like, 37.9 for James Neal they is crazy. They stay pretty consistent, right? Um, but, like, let go for the, of, uh, They'll change a little bit, yeah. Well, like, injuries and, and shit like that. But, like, uh, a lot of people will straight up just draft off of whoever's the highest mm-hmm. ADP. Or, oh, yeah, or, for uh, sure. You know I mean? So, obviously. But then, prior to playing 82 games last season, he missed 46 games over the last three years, which speaks to some durability concerns. Uh, the one thing that everybody loves about James Neal is that he shoots a ton and he scores a ton. He's obviously a 30-goal candidate. Um, but he has he's, he's had a little bit of the Rick Nash syndrome, right? He's inconsistent year to year. Um, sure. It, it hurts me to say this about James Neal because I, I really do like him um, as a fantasy asset, especially in Nashville. I was going to say as a I've, friend. No, no, as a fantasy <laughs> asset. General friend. <laughs> no, definitely not friends with James Neal. Uh, but, like, I keep pumping Nashville about how good they're going to be this year and how good of you know, a fantasy well they're going to be to go to. Uh, so James Neal, I think, will probably have a pretty good year, but I'm just definitely not drafting him 37th overall. I'm letting him... There's a lot of names that are going behind him right now that I'm taking. So if you're drafting yeah. James Neal in the top 40, he's going to be a bust. Yeah. You let him you know, let him drop outside the top 75, maybe not yeah. such a bad pick. So my bust yeah, is James exactly. Neal. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we talked about this before, but there, there, there's a breaking point for every single guy. There's no guy that I could, would definitively say there's no way I'm going to draft him because, you know... It could be, oh, for sure. like, if we were saying Neil for an example, there's no way I'm touching him at his ADP of 37. But if he's, if for some reason he's hanging around in the 85th to 90 slot, I'm probably going to take him then, you know? So, um, yeah, yeah, that's for what sure. it's all Like, about. right now, he, right now he's a late, he's a late third, or sorry, yeah, late third, early fourth round pick, which is, which where is really you could be getting, like, you could be getting somebody like, oh man, anybody. Well, yeah, you could a defenseman there. to match that have, yeah. at that spot. Panarin, Roman Yossi. Yeah. A goaltender, um, Taylor yeah. Hall, Phil Kessel, Corey Perry. Those guys are going to be somewhere near there. Yeah. Very likely. And James Neal is Sean Monaghan. Like, those guys are so much better at that position than James Neal. There's just a lot so. of potential, right? Like, I, like Neal's probably never like going to pass what, what he did yeah. in Pittsburgh. They, they yeah, I feel like we know what we're getting with him, regardless. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, so. he's had enough years to His best himself. year is not going to be his best year. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Plain anymore. and simple. But uh, yeah. who's your bust this year, D? Um, I, I was going to speak a bit about Neil, but I'll go with the super obvious one since neither of you guys want to touch it and talk about Kyle Palmieri. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, I think last year was just more of a situation of, uh, you know, we talk about in fantasy basketball on the terrible team. Someone still has to score and rebound. It's the same idea in the NHL. Someone still has to eat that first line time and power play unit. And I, that's basically what Palmieri was last year, in my opinion, uh, Leading to him posting 30 goals, probably a bit of luck. And, you know, like he definitely probably took some strides in his game. But this is a guy who previous career high was 14. Um, and I just think with Taylor Hall in the picture now, the same opportunity won't be there. And I'm just not seeing enough underlying stats to support his average draft position right now of 105 in Yahoo. There's just a lot better options you can be getting at that point. Um, if I was to speak positively about Palmieri, I'd say he'll, you know, he's got a pretty solid chance of still breaking 20 goals. Um, you know, coaches don't forget like h- how good he was for them last year. So I'm sure like he'll still get some power play time and who knows he could end up 
finding some time with Hall and Enrique, but I, I, I don't see him posting 30 goals again. And the assists obviously aren't going to be there. So I'm not looking to draft Palmieri anywhere near 105, which is where he's going right now. Yeah. Um, I think like last year is as good as it's going to get for the guy, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah he's, probably. He's still, he's still going to be a serviceable fantasy ass, I think. At least for goals. But like last year was literally just career highs across the boards. Minutes played, goals, assists, points, shots, like everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere I still think he's going to be rosterable, which honestly I oh, have yeah. to think about for a second. But um, like there's last still year, 30... not a lot of depth in New Jersey, as good as, you know, Taylor Hall, we're all expecting him and hoping for him to be. Um, there's still not a whole lot of depth there. So and that could still... be he could be on the right wing of that line, and it could be exactly. dangerous. You never yeah. know. But uh, I just 30, 30 goals, 27 assists. Like this year, I have projected for 26 goals, 28 assists. I just don't think he'll top last year. I think he'll probably come close. And like you said, what do you say, 105 is his ADP right now? Yeah. Excuse me, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I have him at one. I have him at one forty-one. So a couple, three, three or four rounds later than uh, yeah. Then he's going right now, which I think is probably but you know a, what? a pretty I, good spot for him. It's another situation where I feel like a lot of people are, are going to have that train of thought. Like a lot of people are aren't going to want Palmieri on their team. Um, you love the guy there. that takes him at one hundred five, right? Because you're looking at like some other yeah, names that are exactly. in that range, and then they exactly. go, "Oh, Kyle Palmieri," and you're like, "Oh, Jeff Skinner's still on the board." Like, oh, see but Kyle. again, yeah. if everyone's on the same page, he'll probably have enough opportunity to warrant him being drafted. And I. What I would call the late mid rounds, like you know. Yeah, he won't. Uh, yeah, he won't be the waiver wire savior he was last year. He'll be exactly. a, a, a no. guy that either you know was a solid draft pick or a bust. <laughs> like, yeah, he, he just he could very himself. well be on on the wire within a few weeks. But yeah, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. Not much else to say. About we're that. moving on to the rookies. I'm going to start rookies here just because I think I've obviously taken the obvious one here in Patrick Line. Uh, Line has a that. lead. Yeah, he's got a he's the obvious obvious Extremely choice obvious one at, at right wing. Uh, yeah. Lethal NHL ready shot should probably be thrown in the top six right away, uh, which bodes well for him. Obviously, as we mentioned earlier, they got Shifley and Brian Little. Uh, I don't think it matters which one he plays with. Obviously, he's going to be stuck behind um, Blake Wheeler uh, on the depth chart. Unless but they get second. creative, but yeah, if somebody moves to 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 the left side or whatever. Yeah, but uh, he as of right now he's. Not the favorite to lead rookies in points, but he's probably the favorite to lead rookies in goals just because yeah. of that shot. I think, I, as I mentioned before, Austin Matthews is probably the clear favorite. For I, I think lead. either of them could go either way for the two guys. Yeah, I think honestly, I have, I think I have um, Line A projected for like twenty five goals, and Matthews projected for like twenty three. Like it's yeah. Be- I would say there's there's more talent on Winnipeg right now, but potentially more opportunity for Matthews. Um, I think Matthews is the better player, but I just think Line is probably the better goal scorer, that's all. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, but, uh, yeah, like, I honestly, I I tried to justify, um, because I I, I knew you were taking Line A, and I I was trying to, you know, justify writing up on someone else, but I I couldn't bullshit it. I I got it. Like, there's no one close to Line A. Biebs is going to, I think, give you someone else to at least uh, consider in that regard, but I think even you would say, Biebs, that uh, it's just another option, and Line A is the clear number one in the rookie spot here. Yep, going in, I mean, Line A was my guy. And another thing about Line A, too, is he's been playing in this World Cup of Hockey with Finland next to NHL-ready players. So he's going to be even more ready for the league than most rookies are mm-hmm. when they first come in. Of course, um, Matthews has been doing the same thing, but they're really the only two rookies coming in that have done that. Zaitsev as well. I'm sure D likes to hear that name. Uh, <laughs> but that um, name. those are three rookies who are NHL-ready now that they've gone to these big tournaments. Teams. Yeah. But yeah. um, as, you, as you mentioned, I, I, I did want to go away from that. I personally love rookies more than anyone, I think. Um, and, uh, and, and I considered, what if Line A gets injured two games in the year? We're going to have to have sure. a different guy take the role, right? Sure. But, um, but my, my guy here is someone who uh, comes from the same country. It's Jesse Puyarvi, who um, was one of those guys who was right there with Line A at the beginning of last year with Central Scouting. He's right there with Matthews and Line A as an expected potential uh, top three pick. And then he ended up dropping, and Edmonton won the draft yet again, it seemed like, as they took him with the fourth pick. And this is, uh, this is a guy who's going to slot right into their top six, it looks like, if not the top nine, which is even just minutes itself. Um, and that's kind of what you're looking for in a rookie. You want someone who's actually playing, of course. And Playarvi's a big body. He's going to – I have a feeling he's going to fit right in out there. And maybe not crack – he won't be cracking that top line, but – there's still some good talent around. There's definitely there. room for him to surpass somebody like Neil Yakupov for top six minutes. I mean, Yakupov's really just, nobody really knows what you're getting with him at this point. Yeah, and part of the reason why Priarvi's draft stock drops so much is because he kind of had an that off injury, year yeah, and he got too. hurt. And that's exactly what it was. But once he actually got healthy, he actually put up nine points in ten games 
in the uh, in the Finnish Elite League out there. That's pretty impressive, and that just shows the guy's talent when he truly is giving it 100% out there and has everything uh, in order. So this is a guy where I'd expect him uh, to at least have enough stock to maybe draft him late rounds, mm-hmm. keep an eye on him. Again, he could be a surprise. I could uh, I could even see him up there uh, competing with the line A for points. Maybe not. That's wishful thinking. <laughs> totally wishful thinking. Hey, at I least you picked somebody off other than the obvious guy. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. a couple out there. Definitely keep an eye on Sebastian Aho out, in, um, out with the Hurricanes. He's going to step in. Another Finnish player. you got to love yeah. that Finnish top line that was playing at the World Juniors. One, uh, the one thing that's crazy about Pugliarvi is... It seems like all of the, the previous top picks for the Oilers were kind of the same guys. They were just like speedy scorers yeah. where Pugliarvi's guy he's a big body like you mentioned and he's also a really good two-way player so I think that might limit his role a little bit in his first year he might play a little bit more of a third line role than somebody like Yakupov just because he he's actually a gifted two-way player he can play defense uh but I like Pugliarvi as well there's actually a really good crop of right wingers I'm just going to go through uh, a, a number of other ones as well that you should Probably take a look at it on draft day. Um, I know we mentioned this guy earlier. DU talked about him as a center. I think he'll end up with right wing eligibility at some point. Um, he might already have him, not entirely sure. But William Nylander in Toronto. Um, I have him projected for 46 points. Uh, another right winger in Colorado is Miko Rantanen. Yeah, I didn't want to touch him. <laughs> didn't want to be biased. In Toronto. Yeah, Rantanen is, uh, I have him projected for 42 points. Uh, Mitch Marner also in Toronto. I have him oh, also projected for 42 points. Uh, um, just for the record, Nylander does have center and right wing eligibility. That's what I thought. Okay. Because, yeah, he's going to probably spend the majority of the year. And then another guy who I think is going to fly under the radar a lot this year, and he might actually be Matthew's toughest competition for this rookie was actually scoring. my original choice, is by the way. Oliver Bjorkstrand in yep. uh, Columbus. He We got to look at him kind of early last year, but he didn't, or late last year, sorry, but he didn't play enough games for him to ruin his Calder Trophy uh, eligibility. He was a he was a mid-round pick in the NHL draft, third-round guy, uh, but he managed to score four goals, four assists, and 12 games with the Blue Jackets uh, last year, and then also had 29 points in 51 games with Lake Erie. That included 17 goals. Uh, so he's just, he's a guy that comes in with a lot more opportunity, I think, than other rookies. He's probably going to play top six minutes or work his way into top six minutes in Columbus. They really seem to like this kid. And I think he's one name that a lot of people are not thinking about um, in terms of a rookie right winger or a rookie uh, altogether. So Oliver Bjorkstrand is a guy you should be looking at. I don't know <laughs> if I butchered his name, but I tried yeah, he, he, real hard. I, yeah, there's a lot of J's and stuff. <laughs> it was believable. But uh, yeah, that's it for the right wing position preview. Uh, it only goes downhill from here for you, right? Since that was your favorite. So now you're yeah. just like, you're going to well, no, it's just my favorite. Of the, just it was like, just my favorite of the two wigs. Yeah. I just don't like the left wing. No, yeah. Duh. Too fairly. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, we're going to get back hopefully later this week with the defensive position preview and then we'll wrap it up with the goalies. Um, and then of course, we've got all sorts of fun episodes coming up. Hopefully before the start of the fantasy season, we'll get into some mock draft stuff. Uh, all sorts of good stuff. And then, once the season starts, we'll get back with, obviously, our, our waiver wire pickups, guys you should be targeting in trades, especially in the early season. You know, the guys that get off to the slow starts, the Ryan gets laughs that you want to pick up early in the year that really tear it up in the in the back half of the year. So, yeah, uh, I'm Brock. Panicky fantasy owners. Yes, panicky fantasy owners. <laughs> but I'm Brock Segan, your host. To my left, I got my co-host, Beebs Bondi, in Brantford, Dylan D. Berthew. Enjoy the Blue Stones. Good night. Check us out on Twitter. Peace. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky, smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.